Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe Jacob. What's up, Heat Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. Like usual, I got some guests with me today. First, we got George. Say what's up, George. What's up, guys? And then right after that, Richard. Hey, guys. And then Nina. Hola, como estas? <laughs> and then last but not least, the OG female correspondent, Angelina Martel. What's going on, guys? This episode is long overdue. I'm so glad to be back. Can't wait for this episode. Yes, sir. So now we got that out of the way. Let's get into today's discussion. Last game, the Miami Heat started their four-game homestand against the Pacers and beat them by a whopping 29 points. Leading the way, you got Tyler Hero with 26 points, five three-pointers, and five assists. Duncan Robinson with 26 points and six three-pointers of his own. Max Struess with 18 points, four three-pointers of his own, seven rebounds and four assists. Casey Alcala with 16 points, which is actually a career high for him, and three rebounds as well. Gabe Vincent with 13 points and four three-pointers and three rebounds. And also an interesting statistic is that UD came into the game and he had a three-pointer. And this is interesting because this was actually the sixth three of his career to add on. It should also be known that Miami tied a franchise record, I believe, for the most threes in a single game, dropping 22 triples in this win. Also, despite the fact that Miami was down six players, including P.J. Tucker, who was injured in that prior game against Detroit, Miami was able to snatch the dub, improving the record to 19-13, while currently being placed as the fourth best team in the East. With all that being said, how do you guys feel about this win? Start us off, George. It is so good to be back in the 305. I swear to God, it feels like we never get any more home games. And to come back and show out with this minimal roster against a, a, a really well-constructed roster. I feel really bad for Indiana because of you know all the turmoil they're going through. But, you know, it's our time to shine. And, and we did exactly that. Casey of Parla was, was brilliant. And this is the first game I can actually say he, he played a single role really well and stuck to the game plan and excelled. You know, you get seven. What what more can we say? He's 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 exactly what we saw in the summer league when he gets put in the game. But Duncan Robertson and, and Tyler Hero just took this team to a next dimension, we, especially with Kyle Lowry just dishing dishing to them. But seeing them evolve as players, especially over this this streak of um, you know, uh, not having the players to to compensate for them, has been really refresh really refreshing because. When we do get Jimmy, Bam, Oladipo, Tucker, all these players back, when, when they all do come back, I can just picture how dominant this team's going to be because Duncan, with his prior issues, with his confidence issues, um, was extremely hard to watch. But this is exactly, I cannot understand.
Sorry, guys. Um, under these circumstances, which is not ideal for them to, to excel, um, but they, they do it anyway. Duncan shot 60% from three yesterday. If you told me two months ago or a month ago that Duncan would be shooting 60% from three in a game where he was the tied top scorer, I would have called you crazy. People were calling for his head. People were, were extremely, you know, they were procrastinating. They were scared. So I was one of them. And to see him do that is just, just brilliant. But all the props of this game, regardless of how good Tyler Hero and, and, all, and Lowry and all these good players were, is Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra has taken this team that looks more like a G League roster with a couple, it looks like a pro am game. A couple of good players, a couple of players no one's even heard of if you're not a Heat fan, and, and turn them into one of the most exciting teams to watch. We, we live and die by the three, but the ball movement and the defensive construct that, that, that Spolstra has given us, uh, you know, with, with uh, Lowry as our point guard, is incredible. And I just can't say anything, any more, any more good things about it. So I'm just going to pass it off to the next guy. Right. What about you, Orchard? Uh, I think it was a great game. Uh, really exciting. We, I, I just want to talk about the fact that we've tied our franchise record for most three-pointers twice now because in the opening uh, game, we hit 22 threes as well, if I'm not wrong. So, I mean, I love to see that. And I feel like everyone did their part in the last game, which is also really nice to see. Uh, Robinson, he only scored six points uh, against Detroit and Orlando. So to see him, you know, come back and uh, score 26 points was really nice. And I think that's been a bit of a pattern where, you know, he'll have a couple games where he struggles and the next game he does extremely well, which is exactly what he did here. Um, Max Struess, of course, being really productive. And I mean, he's been probably surprising everyone in the league with the amount of times his name is being mentioned. Um, and Hero, um, Hero just came back. <laughs> he just came back and he already scored 26 points. That is impressive. Uh, Kyle Lowry doing Kyle Lowry things. And um, I just think that the Heat team has been really good in these last couple of games, which I don't think a lot of us expected with the, of course, like everyone else has been saying, the depleted roster we're having. Uh, it's really impressive. And I, I think another thing to mention is that we only sh shot 11 free throws in this game and we still destroyed the Pacers. You know, the fact that we don't have to rely on free throws that much is uh, really, uh, it, it helps me. I feel like in like a lot of previous games, we need a lot of free throws to keep us in the game so that we don't, so the fact that we don't have to rely on it anymore is really promising. Right. I agree 100%. And what about you, Nina? Well, first of all, we got the win. Um, that's always good. Um, I was really impressed with Kyle. I have been this last week, eight points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists, like you said. Um, it, I noticed one thing in the game. Uh, D-Rob was really comfortable with the ball dribbling as far as dribbling. Made a few behind-the-back uh, dribbles. And um, that just shows me that he's been getting some confidence in practice. There's a reason why he um, did that out on the court. He's feeling comfortable right now. Um, with him, Tyler, KZ, all over 60% from three. And they're all our young guys. You know, like you said, stress before. And, um, and that, that, that was really exciting to watch. And I'm just looking forward to it for the next game. Right. And you, Ange? 
Like you guys said, it's always great to be back home. I feel like we always perform better when we have the home court advantage and not just against this team, but I just feel in general, like, I, I mean, it goes the same for any team that they have when they have home court advantage, they tend to perform better against other teams. But that's besides the point. I really just want to talk about how Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson both went off last game. And me personally, I was able to experience this game in person as I was at the FTX arena last night. And I must say, Tyler Hero sure had the arena buzzing with excitement. He went five from eight from three, eight from 17 from the field, and overall had 26 points, one rebound and five assists. And Duncan Robinson shot 60% from the three, went 10 for 16 from the field, and had another 26 points. And I must say, Duncan Robinson has been proving himself lately. Like, I think it was Orchard said that he had six points against... Orlando and Detroit so he's certainly redeemed himself and he's making a point that he's slowly coming out of his three-point shooting slump which he tends to have at the beginning of the season and then as time progresses he gets out of it and then proves everyone else wrong and that he's capable of doing what everyone knows he's great at doing. Haslam also made a debut in last night's game. And like Joel said, he scored his sixth three-pointer of his 18-year-long NBA career, which I kind of find crazy considering, like I said, how long he's been in the league and how memorable of a player that he really is. But it's always great to see the OG accomplish things such as that. Max Struess, to say the least, he has been a complete and utter blessing for us, especially in the times that we're in with as many players we have out due to injury and protocols. Max Drews has just been a savior, to say the least. But I'm, if I correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure this was his first career start, and he started at the five. And I'm glad to see the improvements he made. He had 18 points, shot four for 12 from three. And played the most minutes out of everyone. He played 36 minutes, which I find to be pretty impressive. Omer Yurtsevin, he played amazing. He had 13 rebounds, which I believe is a career high for him. He absolutely postered Sabonis, which was certainly something exciting and fun to see. And I'm this is kind of irrelevant, but in both Pacers games I've been to, Sabonis has been posted, which I love to see. But just had to throw that in there. But yeah, overall, we played great. Casey Paula played pretty good. I believe someone mentioned he had... 16 points, which is his career high in points. So just overall, I'm glad to see how far our team has come. And basically, the, the Pacers lost to the Sioux Falls Sky Force. I had to throw that in there. But, I mean, I can't complain because, again, we played amazing. So, Right. 100%. And I know, George, you got something you want to add? Yeah. I just want to go back on the um, – <clears throat> on a point where – that um, the uh, sorry, Angie made. There's – a really big thing going on with Duncan Robertson because before we, before we even realized that he was in this massive rut and people were giving him, you know, all kinds of stick, all types of stick for it. And it was really sad to see because he was one of our favorite players to, to go and to go to, to get paid and to look like that was, was terrible and getting out class by Max Struess, which is not nothing to be ashamed of, but it's not what you expect from a player that you just paid. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of money too. So I'm really excited to see what he's turning into because when you go from being a player that 98% of your shots come off the pick and roll and to pick and pop and also just spot up threes to then take shots off the dribble, take it to the rim, play make for others, defend at a, <clears throat> at a reasonably good rate. It, it, 
it's really good to see that he's actually making improvements to his game. He got the bag and said to himself, I'm not going to stop here. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep getting better. I'm going to keep doing different things. And when you're doing that and the inconsistencies of a team, when there was COVID as well, he um, he's just showing us that he's not just a three, you know, a three-point specialist. He's not just JJ Redick. He's trying to be way more than that. Take shots off the dribble. Be be special. So I'm just happy to see that that was his best game of the season by far. But I don't think he's stopping there. I think you'll see him take way more shots off the dribble. Take you know mid-range jumpers, which he looked good yesterday. Look, it looked really fluid, really good motion. Um, and, and yeah, I just think that it's time. It was always time for him to have this breakout game. I'm just finally ha- happy that it happened now. But he wouldn't have got this opportunity if there was still, if there was a rotation where, where you know he's sitting out because Tyler here has taken, you know, all of his minutes off the bench. But I just, I'm just happy to see that he's he's doing different things and trying different things and being the player that we think he can be. Right, and I know Orchard, you got something you want to add? Yeah, just one quick thing to add here. Uh, I think the big thing to see here in this game was that we out rebounded the Pacers, fifty three to forty two which is really key because taking a look at all of our wins and losses, I feel like rebounding is really what's determining our wins and losses. When we're being out-rebounded, we lose. And when we out-rebound the other team, we win. So it was amazing to see that we out-rebounded them in offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, and total rebounds. So something to point out there. Right. You know, overall, this game has been probably – one of the best games we've seen from this heat team this year when shorthanded, you know, <clears throat> like you look at that bench. I mean, we had like six guys sitting there in street clothes and we were still able to get that victory. And, you know, I just can't help but be so excited to see what this heat team will look like when they're healthy, because, you know, I honestly believe that when everyone is at full strength, that this team can win a championship. And I know I'm not the only one who thinks this, You know, it's all about just being patient. And, you know, I've said this in many episodes, we just got to hang on, especially if some of our players might not play the way we want them to. You know, I know yesterday Duncan Robinson had a great game. But in the past, you know, we've been on him, you know, especially because of the slumps he's been on. You know, we just got to be patient with him and all these other guys. So, you know, like I said, you know, we just got to be patient, Heat fans. Because we know what this Heat team is capable at full strength. And we know that this is a team that could win a championship if everybody is healthy. So let's continue to be patient. Let's continue to enjoy this ride. And let's move on to this next topic now. So now I want to talk about a recent move that Miami made. As it was announced that the Heat would be signing Zylon Cheatham from the G League on a 10-day contract. To those who wonder why Miami made this move, it was actually announced not too long ago that NBA teams can sign players to hardship-type contracts if their team is dealing with the COVID outbreak, thus making this move reasonable. Considering how we've talked about how elite Miami's development system has been in the past, are you guys intrigued by the signing? How do you feel, Orchard? Um, I'm pretty intrigued by it. You know, it's as you were saying, you know, the heat, they take in players and we don't know what to expect, but pretty much all the time we're surprised by how well these players are. Um, and so far from what I've seen, he averaged 14 points and 10 rebounds in the G league. 
And I feel like his rebounding is what we really need. Like how I was mentioning before that uh, when we out-rebound other teams, we win. So if we can get his rebounding skills, that would be amazing. Um, he's a good defender. And, I mean, obviously, I'm not expecting him to play exactly how he did in the G League in uh, the NBA, of course. But if he can replicate how he's been doing in the G League, I think it would be really good. Um, he's shooting 49% and uh, 43% from the three-point line. So he looks like a promising player. And if anyone can make this guy play great, it's definitely the Heat. Right. And you, Nino? Um, like he mentioned, uh, he's de- defensive, defensively minded. He's gritty, a rebounder. Um, he's only on a 10-day contract. He's 6'5", 26 years old. Um, I don't think – I think those are all recipes for heat culture type players. And I just don't think – I think them taking a chance on him for 10 days can't hurt. Right. I agree. And how about you, George? Yeah, I, I feel like <clears throat> the front office saw an opportunity to, to pick up a player that has the skill set that we're looking for, which is a Casey Okpala type player, but he's defensively minded to a point where he he excels at um at, at just doing one thing really well. When he was at the Pelicans, I actually watched a fair bit of film um over the last few days about him. He's very he loves to sit on the low block. He loves to sit there and 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 attract the you know to the opponent to come in, and then he just smothers them which is fantastic to us. This was done on the back of two things massively. It was it was the fact that we got out-rebounded by Detroit and the, the P.J. Tucker injury was really impactful. So by bringing a player that, that um, really, like you can kind of replicate what P.J. Tucker brings to a lesser extent, um, I feel like they're doing the right move here. We've got enough, enough guard depth. We've got enough... Um, prospects coming out of that that position, we needed bigger bodies, and to bring in someone that's two hundred twenty pounds, six eight, it's really important to to replenish your stock as much as you can. Because if Tucker is out for a significant amount of time, and I mean maybe like two weeks, um, it, it's not a horrible thing, but it's not horrible if you can replace him. Now I don't think he'll be ready for the game on Thursday. I feel like it'll be good for Sunday's game. Um, that's what I was reading before. But yeah, if he can even just defend the low block, do what he needs to do, I think that it's a good a good addition for the Heat moving forward. If they want to keep him, which I don't think they'll be doing because there's just not enough roster spots um, to to go around. If they do, if he does play well, maybe he does take that spot from Garrett. Um, that's the only way I see him staying on the roster for a longer period of time. But He's on a 10-day now. Let's just see what he can do. And, and yeah. Great. And I know, Orchard, you had something you want to add? Yeah. And I feel like this signing is also really important because while we're looking at the fact that we need players because of the amount of players we have on the injury report, I also feel like with the amount of players that are playing right now, because we have such a depleted roster, the amount of minutes everyone's playing has increased. And the last thing we want is for everyone to be extremely exhausted in the second half of the season slash the playoffs. I mean, we saw it last season with Jimmy Butler. I mean, this man literally carried our team. There was a, there were games where he led us in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Like, I, I don't, I, I really feel like adding more players helps takes pressure off of some of our uh, active players on the roster. Um, so, yeah. Right. I agree 100%. You know, 
this move, you know, like you said, George, uh, he probably, Zylon will probably not be on the roster for that long. But, you know, to have him here, especially as Miami is dealing with their health concerns, it never hurts, especially when it is on a 10-day type contract. So now moving forward, I now want to talk about the Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. So to those who are new to the Heat vs. the World podcast, basically the way how this goes is that we take turns and giving our praise to a specific Heat player who has been bowling out this past week. So I don't want to waste any further time. You guys know the drill about how all this works. Um, I'm going to ask Nina, who's your Spotlight Heat Player of the Week? Um, so this season averaging 8.3 assists. Right. And then you, George? Yeah, you stole that right out of my head. I was going to say Carl <laughs> Larry as well. I was, I thought I was going to be the only one. Um, I, I just want to elaborate on Ina's point. He's just been the, the, the dad to all of the kids that we've got on this roster. He's just, he's like the dad that takes you to, you know, here's, here's some money, go to the shops, enjoy yourself. He just... He could take over offensively. I think I think he knows he can't chuck up. He took nine shots yesterday. He only made three, <clears throat> three of them, but he took only nine shots. Now, on any other roster, when you're battling injuries and COVID-related um, issues, when there's one player left that, that should be a starter and he's taking nine shots, he'd, he'd get blasted. He'd get destroyed. But... He knows the drill. He knows what Coach Bo's on about, what he's trying to do. He wants to see these kids succeed. He wants to see your seven um, Flourish's player, Tyler, Duncan, players like this, he, um, KZ and Gabe. He wants to see these players do it. He passes wide-open looks all the time. I see it now. I'm thinking, what are you doing? But then Gabe will be spotting up, you know, from, from the right corner and just splash. Now, that's what he wants to see, doing this for the team, for the culture, for our development. Uh, that's what he's here for. He, he, he said it himself. He's not going to be here for a long time. He said he wants to retire in Toronto. He wants to be here to, t- to help Jimmy, to win another ring. And the only way he's going to do that is by building the, the confidence of these younger guys. Because let's face it, he's not, he's not a spring chicken anymore. He's not running around. He's not, he's not <laughs> chucking up lobs and, and, and receiving them and dunking and doing anything like that. But he is fast. He's still fast. He's still really smart. He uses that to his advantage. But, yeah, I, I can't say any, any more good things about him. I usually go off the, the, the track. People usually say to people like Tyler and things like that. But this is the man that is orchestrating all of the offense. So, so yeah, that's, that's my hot take. Ray, and you, Ange? For me personally, my spotlight player of the week has to be Gabe Vincent. And with that being said, Within the last four games or over the course of the last four games, he's averaged 18 points and three of which three of those four games were W's. And he was the main contributor, if not one of the main contributors points wise to those victories. And so I I'm not going to lie. Last season, I was one of those Gabe Vincent doubters. And I was like, oh, Gabe Vincent's not all that. I don't know why people see like how how he can be good but then I saw when he played in Nigeria in the Olympics and this season with the heat he's really proved the point for himself and coming off the bench and even starting so dominant and he's really like I said he's really made a point for himself and he's just overall I'm sorry just overall just like 
played out of his mind, and I really give him his point. Um, I give him his credit for that. I agree. And how about you, Orchard? Uh, for me, it's got to be Max Struess. The Struess is loose right now. I mean, he's dropped his career high against Orlando. He's been a great rebounder. And I feel like the one big thing is his three-point shooting is, is exactly what we need when Robinson is uh, struggling. And I feel like that's a really big thing. You know, I feel like the start of the season when Robinson was starting with his threes, we were having a lot of trouble because not, no one else on the team could really hit threes. But with Struess playing more minutes, he's shown that if Robinson's struggling, he can take over the three-point shooting. And, you know, it's not just three-point shooting. He can do more than that. You know, he can shoot twos. He can drive. I think he's a very smart player, and he's a great rebounder. So I just think he's been really impressive in the past couple of games, and I hope he continues to do so. Right. And you know what? For me, when it comes to Spotlight Heat Player of the Week, you guys made up some good choices. I'm kind of mad at you, Orchard, because I was about to say Max Bruce. Uh, but since we already touched on him, if I have to pick, I'll go with KZ. Why not? And the reason why is because, you know, the KZ slander has been insane. So to see him play amazing defense while also set, getting some buckets himself, it's really such a satisfying thing. You know, will he be the next Giannis Antetokounmpo? I don't think so. But I still think he could be a great piece to this rotation. And that's all we need. So... Anyways, I don't want to waste too much time on that. If you have a Spotlight Heat Player of the Week of your own, feel free to comment down below if you're watching this on the 5 Reasons Sports Network YouTube channel. We'd love to hear who you guys think is the Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. So now that we got that out of the way, as you guys know, Christmas is coming up very soon. And after watching how the Heat have played so far in the, 30, in the first 32 games of the season, What's on your Miami Heat Christmas wish list? Tell us, George. Um, I, I don't even know anymore because I don't want anything except for what I've been seeing. Now, I, in an ideal world, you know, I'd ask for Santa to bring me you know, the, the instant injury healing uh, potion to get Jimmy and Bam back. But as I'm seeing it right now, this is the best course of this team. Before the All-Star break, before the season starts getting serious, when we talk about seeding and things like that, I, I, I won't ask for anything. But I, if I had to ask for something and it'd just be that Bam comes back healthy and all the players come back in their um, original states, and especially with Victor Oladipo, I just, I just want Indiana All-Star <laughs> Oladipo. I want him to take that start, the, to battle Duncan for that starting spot. And... and and give us a run, you know, give us something that we've been missing. Right. And you, Ange? Yeah, similar to what George said, just everyone coming back healthy, just injuries, healing within, between all the depot, um, Bam with his recent surgery, Jimmy, PJ, just hoping they come back healthy in time for the games that matter most. And the players who are in protocols, like Caleb Martin, and just players overall, just throughout the league, not just in Miami, but just throughout the league to just come back healthy. And hopefully the the Heat players that are out right now can make a bigger comeback when they finally return from their injuries or come out of protocols. And just, I know we don't play on Christmas this year, which I still call BS for the NBA, not making us play on Christmas this year. But BS. hopefully we can win the next game or the game the day after against the Magic 
So that's something that I hope comes true on my Christmas wishes. Right. And you, Orchard? Uh, I feel like I have the same exact thing as everyone else. I really want everyone to just rest and get healthy. Uh, I, I think we all miss seeing our favorite players, Bam, Jimmy, Oladipo, Tucker. I mean, I will hope, I'm just hoping everyone's healthy. And the other thing I want to wish for is that with the amount of players that have been put into protocols, it would be, I, I just don't want to see any more players going on to the protocols from our team. You know, Caleb Martin is, uh, I think if he, I'm not sure if he's out or not, um, but I'm just hoping that no more players are from our team are going to be put into protocols because we've seen in the league that teams, are, games are being canceled. You know, we saw the Raptors versus Bulls game just got canceled because of the amount of players uh, out with COVID. So, you know, I'm just hoping that our players don't uh, be put into protocols. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have. And you, Nino? Um, like everybody else, you know, health, of course, but um, uh, specifically Depot. Um, I'm interested to see how he's going to come back. And I'm really excited because if we get, man, 90% or 85% of Depot, you know, it's just going to be a real helpful thing for us. So that's my that's my my wish for Christmas or my list. I agree. And I know, um, George, you got something you want to add? Yeah, I want to be selfish and ask for two presents. So I, I want one more present. And that's if we can make a trade, I want Jeremy Grant on this team ASAP as soon as possible. Now, the reason why I say this is because he fills two needs massively. If PJ Tucker does go down, which touch wood, that doesn't that won't happen again, especially when we need him. There's no one on this roster, including who we just added um, to do what he does. There's no one. Now he brings defensive tenacity. He even brings an offensive spark at times, like with a really, really, really good spot up three point shooter from the corner. But if we were to get someone like Jeremy Grant now, I feel like he, if if the, if there was a trade to be made, we'd be losing someone like Oladipo or Duncan, which would not be ideal. But and it probably will never happen. But if there was a way to get him on this roster, I would take it an instant. Right. I agree 100% with you on that. Because obviously, you know, we want to see this team improve. Like, I, you know, Jeremy Grant is an interesting name because I don't think we've talked too much about transactions so far in this season of Heat versus the World. But you know what? I mean, Jeremy Grant is definitely an interesting name. And to add on, I mean, what you guys have been saying so far, having this Heat team be healthy, I mean, that's a huge thing, you know, because like I said earlier in this episode, a Miami Heat team that's fully healthy, in my opinion, can win the championship because, you know, and obviously I got my respect towards Milwaukee and what they did last year, and I got my respect towards Brooklyn, but this Heat team just looks so stacked, and all these games have done is just continue to solidify that point because even without our play, our main guys, without Jimmy Butler, without Bam, Bam Adebayo, without all, all of these people, we're still able to kick these guys' butts. And that's amazing, in my opinion. Like, and it just shows how great of a coach we got in Eric Spolstra and how dangerous this team truly is. Like, the fact that you're getting beaten by the Sioux Falls Sky Force, like you said, Ange, earlier, like, that's very concerning. And you know what? 
I'll take this team over any other team in the NBA any day. And I understand, like I said, the Bucks, the Nets, and you can also throw in the Warriors too. I got my respect for those teams. But, you know, the Miami Heat, I mean, right now, like, as um, what was it? What was it that um, Stephen A. Smith said? Something is brewing in South Beach. That's exactly what's happening. So I just can't wait for everyone to be healthy. And I just can't stress that enough. So we covered a lot on today's episode, you guys. And now I want to focus on the final topic for today. And that is the Heat-Pistons game, which is coming up soon. The last time these two teams played, which was literally this past Sunday, by the way, the Heat ended up falling to the Pistons on the road, which ended up causing the Pistons to snap their 14-game losing streak. After watching how that last meeting went, do you guys see Miami handling business this time? Give us your take, George. Sorry, I think that this is going to be the revenge game that we think it's going to be. Now, I people know me, I don't make predictions on this pod uh, ever since the Celtics thing, but this should be a game where, where we go and we show them that, you know, the, the last time was a fluke. We're going to go in there with a peak confidence. You know, we're still at home. We're sitting there. We're, 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 we'll be ready. We'll be ready for anything they, they, they can bring. Um, like I said, I don't think that our new signing will be ready by this time. But if, you know, Omega 7 can, can really step up and, and guard the likes of Stewart and bring that, um, that toughness that we need when, when, when guarding these types of players and not get our rebounded by their guards again, then this should be a really good game. This should be Duncan doing his thing, Tahira doing his thing. Lowry feeding them. This should be nothing different than what we saw against Indiana, but it's easier said than done when we tie the seat, the, the franchise record for threes made. But if we I can, agree. if we can do it, mm-hmm. then it's going to be an exciting, exciting game. Good watch and the perfect Christmas gift. Right. hundred percent. And how about you, Ange? Honestly, I'm confident going into tomorrow's game, but our last Sunday's game is a perfect example of you can never let your guard down regardless of the team you play, no matter how bad they are. I'm pretty sure we gave them their fifth win. And like you said, we snapped their 13 game losing streak or 14 game losing streak. And I just hope like considering how we played yesterday and how amazing we played with the, considering the players we had, I mean, then again, it's the Pacers, but like I just said, you can't let your guard down with any team, but I'm confident going into this game tomorrow and like I said earlier, towards the beginning, we have home court advantage and we tend to perform better when that's in our possession. So overall, I'm confident going into tomorrow's game and hoping we can redeem ourselves from Sunday's game versus the Pistons. And we get to see Heat legend Kelly Olenek again. That's so fun. So. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Kelly actually won't be playing, unfortunately. Oh, but cool. yeah. <laughs> I take it back. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, how about you, Nina? Um, I, I think we'll be all, be okay, but I, I do think that considering who we have out, um, Tyler and Robinson will need to shoot well. And I think that if they shoot well, we have a good chance of winning. Our bench minutes will be key because a lot of the guys that are usually on the bench are starting. And um, so the next man in line needs to step up. Right, 100%. And how about you, Orchard? Uh, just like Angie was saying, this time we have home court advantage and we do a lot better at home. Uh, key, obviously, is that we don't want to get out-rebounded. We got out-rebounded last game 47-39, to 39, which is obviously a huge issue. 
Uh, we have to do a better job rebounding. Uh, I feel like when we lost PJ Tucker, it kind of killed our momentum in the game too. So um, hopefully we don't face any injuries in this game tomorrow or not tomorrow. Um, but I feel like one big difference is that we have Tyler Hero back. We had we didn't have him last time, and I feel like he's going to make a big difference. He made a big difference in the last game against the Pacers with his 26 points. So, you know, obviously it's like it's like everyone has been saying, don't underestimate the Pistons because we saw what happened last time. But if we can just play how we've been playing for the last couple of games, I think we'll be in uh, good shape. Right. I agree. And you know what? I also see the Heat winning. You know, the Pistons, they had a lot to fight for in that last game because when you're on a 14-game losing streak, you got nothing to lose, and you're just trying to win whatever game you can at that point. So, you know, they got lucky, and they were able to pull one from us. So now that they got their win, congratulations. Now it's time to show you what we're really about, and that's what we're going to see in this upcoming game from the Heat. So now that we got that out the way, we basically covered so much. And before we end today's episode, I first want to acknowledge a huge milestone for the Heat vs. the World podcast, as last Saturday marked the one-year anniversary of the creation of this pod. I want to thank God for allowing us to accomplish so much in this first year, while also thanking those who supported us since day one, as this would not have been fun without y'all's ongoing support. I promise you all that there's more to come, so stick around and see what happens. Also, for more Heat vs. The World content, feel free to follow us on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram at HVTW Podcast, while checking out our website at hvtwpodcast.wordpress.com. Furthermore, make sure to check out Heat vs. The World's newest extension show, Culture Shock, which is the first Miami Heat podcast to feature an all-women's cast. They will be dropping an episode very soon, so stay tuned and feel free to follow them on Twitter at CLTRShockPod. Anyways, thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Heat versus the World podcast, and we'll see you very soon with more new content. Have a Merry Christmas, and just like that, we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.